Hello everyone, Linda Michaels here for another HR Spot episode. Today we're going to be talking about FLSA changes and updating your policies and practices. So FLSA stands for Fair Labor Standards Act. And this is uh, the part of the uh, government that monitors um, basically uh, employment as far as classifying somebody as exempt versus non-exempt. There are so many things that companies can get in trouble for by not complying with the FLSA. And so I'm going to talk about some of these things. First one is timekeeping. Timekeeping is so important. Number one, it, it helps prevent uh, any type of Department of Labor issues because you can clearly show when an employee clocks in or clocks out. And it's so important to make sure you have accurate records for payroll purposes. So um, considering that exempt employees not necessarily um, clocking in and out, uh, that's why they're exempt. They get paid a salary whether they work one minute in that week or they work 60 hours in that week. They still get, they're exempt from overtime and they are exempt from clocking in and clocking out. But a non-exempt employee, on the other hand, must be paid for all time worked. And the critical thing is all time worked. It doesn't mean just in an office, uh, but all the time. And whether it's approved by you as the employer or not. So off the clock work, um, you know, I can't stress enough that all hours worked by a non-exempt employee must be recorded and compensated even if those duties might be outside of the employee's standard shift. It's critical to have a policy in place that informs employees that all-time work must be tracked and that off-the-clock work is prohibited and employees will be disciplined for not following their scheduled shift. And also note that refusing to pay for unauthorized time work, whether it's regular or overtime, is not permissible. So you just because they work overtime that's not authorized doesn't mean you don't have to pay them. Another situation is employees using their personal devices while they're working. So... The time a non-exempt employee spends doing work from their smartphone, tablet, personal computer is considered time worked. And employees may find this hard to resist if their phone is chirping at them from their pocket. Every time a new work email comes in, they want to check it. So you may want to consider prohibiting a non-exempt employee from using their personal device for work purposes at all or allowing such use upon authorized by the company. So for instance, if you like a particular employee to check and respond to work email over a weekend, 
then you need to build that time into their weekly schedule so it doesn't lead to unexpected overtime. The other thing to consider is meal and rest periods. So many states require meal and rest breaks for non-exempt employees. So it's important to inform the employees of these breaks and explain the process for clocking in and clocking out and remind them that no work should be performed during this time. This is an area where it will be particularly important for, for you and your managers to be willing to manage. Employees who previously work through lunch at their desk and could put in their eight hours between nine and five, might not want to take an unpaid lunch break. Thus, it extends their workday. So state law, however, may be indifferent to their feelings. If an employee is asked to waive their meal or rest break, you'll want to check with the, the rest and meal break uh, pages under the state laws. Some of these braves some of these breaks can be waived. However, sometimes they cannot. And waiving them sometimes requires special circumstances and agreements between employers and employees. Again, if work is performed, it must be compensated. There are mass penalties that will apply. So if the policy should include the instructions for notifying a manager if a working meal occurs, it's so critical. So let's talk about overtime. It's important that you are familiar with your state and local overtime laws. And although most employers will only be subject to the federal requirement to pay time and a half for hours worked over 40 in uh, one work week, Alaska, California, Colorado, and Nevada each have daily overtime provisions and then Massachusetts and Rhode Island require some employers to pay a premium for working on a Sunday or certain holidays. So employees and managers need to be aware of the rules when it comes to compliance for overtime. You should make sure that your expectations for overtime are written in your policy and communicated to the employees. Another big area I see is travel time. So since non-exempt employees must be paid for all time worked, you may need to consider travel time for those customarily engaged in work travel. There are few narrow exceptions when travel isn't payable. So for example, when the employee is a passenger in a vehicle outside of regular work hours or during standard morning or evening commute, it's good to assess your non uh, exempt employees' travel schedules to ensure that they're paid correctly. Payroll changes. So incentive pay. So per FLSA requirements, overtime must be calculated weekly based on an employee's regular rate of pay. Incentive pay or bonuses, commissions, or any other non-hourly pay is included in the regular rate of pay calculation. For, for weeks in which a non-exempt employee earns both overtime and incentive, whether provided at the time or retroactively, you must calculate the employee's regular rate of pay so that it includes both their base and incentive pay for that week. The new amount should then be used to overt for overtime calculations. 
when it comes to the work week, every company must have an established work week that is not adjusted or altered to avoid overtime. So this is the 168-hour period during which you will track each employee's hours to determine their pay and if they're owed any overtime. So example, Sunday at uh, midnight through Saturday at midnight. Each work week is assessed individually for overtime calculations and overtime must be paid for each work week it is earned. So next steps. So if these policies and practices aren't currently covered in your handbook, we highly recommend adding them to your handbook or distributing them as separate uh, handbook amendments. So again, once distributed, employees should sign off to acknowledge their acceptance and understanding of these important policies. And if your policies and practices are already covered in your handbook, reemphasize them with the newly reclassified employees. So if at any time you have questions about, should I have a 1099, should I have an exempt or a non-exempt employee, feel free to reach out to us. We'll be happy to help. You can reach us at AZHR Hub or Linda at AZHR Hub. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and we look forward to sharing another HR Spot uh, podcast with you soon. Take care.